I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every Hey everyone, Kristen Sonata Walker here. We are back with Jamie Grace. Jamie, thanks so much for coming back on. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. So we, uh, you posted a question out on your social media. I sent out a question uh, for listeners and followers of you and, and followers on my social media to ask us questions that we could answer on this show. Mm-hmm about narcissism and we got a really meaty one. So we're gonna start with that one first. So I'll go ahead and and read it. Um, The question was, how do people who have been seduced by a narcissist ever trust chemistry with another person again? I just got into another relationship after 10 years of intense therapy. I was married for 20 years to a sadist. He was the most charming person I'd ever met. After a suicide attempt and custody battle for my kids, I got into therapy and realized my father was just like my ex-husband. I spent 10 years alone because I was afraid to get into another relationship like that one. Every person I met who was even a little charming, um, I ran as fast as I could from. I met this person by surprise, the new boyfriend or whatever they are, and it reminded me that I am very charming also, but I'm not a narcissist. We have incredible chemistry and he's done nothing in the three years we've been together that is a red flag, but I keep waiting for the shoe to drop. He's incredibly charming as well. I'd love to hear you talk about the difference between charm and chemistry from a narcissist and how those qualities with a healthy person are different. How are we supposed to know the difference? This is a really good question and goes to the core of the problem because when you have a uh, a relation with a narcissist. I, I mean, when you grew up with a, a, a narcissist, a narcissist parent, you you begin to distrust um, because he, you know they tell you one thing and they do another. They they seduce you to do things. Uh, seduce it's kind of a making people do what the narcissist wants mm-hmm. and they will gain from it. So it's not just about, um, you know, either going in terms of, um, you know, 
what people normally oh, are well, seduced. Uh, it's it's more than that. It's it's kind of uh, it's mind control, isn't it? Yeah, it goes in the direction like of, of of gaslighting, and mm-hmm. so the person. And the problem is, if the narcissist is one of your parents, and we grew as as children to know that kind of love. So that kind of love is tainted with an unconditional, uh, you have to do something to earn the love. Right. Okay. So you are raised in, in, a, in a situation where love doesn't flow um, freely. It's not unconditional. It's conditional. And, you know, it ingrains on the mind of children that, you know, oh, if I want to be loved, uh, I, I need to do certain things because I'm not enough. Right. So this, this uh, you know, I'm not enough goes very deep and it's kind of a, it's a source of discomfort, uh, discomfort and also creates uh, another thing that children learn when they grow up with narcissists, it's, it's, um, they've been betrayed. Uh, and that's really tough. Uh, because in general, you want to trust the person that you love most. But that person, in one way or another, is going to miss their promises, you know, uh, they don't show love to you or if they show you have to do this and that and please them and um, so you you grow up with with a sense of if i want to be loved i need to do stuff i need Mm. to comply with the narcissist right so when when the person uh, you know reach uh, the teen years or it's it's already a, a grown-up adult those patterns of love still function inside so when and in general it's it's a it's a source of um, pain pain in in the sense that you feel in general you feel attracted to the person that has some sort of characteristics with that parent that raised you, that was right. a narcissist. But it, it's not kind of a conscious, it goes under the radar. So you feel attracted, but you don't know uh, why or what, because it reminds you, you know, your first love relationship. Right. Uh, so uh, y- y- you are not in control of this. You know, you just feel, oh, oh, that person is really nice. You know, I, I really would like to spend more time with that person or go, become intim, intimate with that person. Or you begin to think, uh, go in that direction, you know, kind of, uh, because it it's what you've lived when you were a kid, when you were very, very, very young. So y- you are replicating the 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 pattern it's like the the movie is rerunning again mm-hmm. but with different actors <laughs> okay 
and it uh, leads in general where it leads like this uh this listener that uh she she was uh, married for i don't know how many years 20 years 20 years yeah yep. yeah it's it's a lifetime almost and um you know the end is kind of uh the person reached to the conclusion that yeah this this is not for me this is really toxic and uh they have to make a a, a huge effort to to move from that situation to uh, a more healthy one and it take it it takes a period of waking up i i see oh, that yeah, I emailed back and forth with this person and I can talk about it loosely, you know what, cause I always check listeners. I always check to make sure that, are you sure you're okay about me asking the question? Cause I've had people yeah. that, you know, you're in such a traumatized state and you're paranoid about everything. And so I had somebody say, yeah, it's okay. And then I share their story without their name and I change details and then they go, Oh no, that person's going to know I was that you were talking about, you know, you yeah, go to yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. land of paranoia and I get it. I have. I used to think that this guy had access to my computer remotely and was doing. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Now, when I look at it, he had no power. I was the one with the power. But when I was in that relationship with him, I absolutely believed that he was doing all these things and masterminding all this stuff. And and kind of laughed later, like, oh my gosh, that guy. But you don't understand unless you've been in those relationships. Um, it's very real to you that they have this kind of power. So anyway, I go on that tangent because I'm always very careful about what I will share, um, you know, uh, what that someone sends me. So what we did, went back and forth about was it, it took her many years to figure out how much she was being manipulated, oh, and yeah. abused yeah, yeah. and so on. It was like an awakening. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then she, you know, finally got, realized more after she left, but, um, but, and did a lot of her own personal work in therapy and so oh. on and didn't date my best example did not date for a long time because immediately we get out of these relationships yeah, and then yeah. we get right in another one. And there you've just met a, another one that you now have more damage to unravel, but um, she okay. waited and then she, you know, found someone great and she's in what seems like a very healthy, great relationship with another mature, emotionally healthy adult, but she's scared. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that because, um, she wrote um, here, um, uh, I keep waiting for the shoe to drop. Right. Yeah. Okay. Boy, do I understand that. Okay. It's, it's like, um, you know, she's enjoying the good weather, but uh, she's waiting for the storm. Right. So in a way, she's not this is blocking her to fully commit to that relationship because she's kind of uh, worried that, you know, things might go wrong. Yeah. You know, the, the, the nightmare will repeat again. Right. Uh, and I, I, I mean, she, she will have to um, begin to work on this because if she doesn't commit, um, it's like, um, you know, having an ice cream, but you didn't take the the paper out. Right. So you, you <laughs> right. 
Right, it's you not going to be you, able to get really intimate unless yeah, until you don't feel go. the real the, the full flavor of the thing. Right. So it's kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I understand this because you know if you've been hurt, you're afraid to be hurt again, and that's that's normal. But uh, if you want to conquer life again, you, you have to work in that direction. You know. Yeah. But there's, uh, but she ends kind of. Uh, so what's the difference between you know kind of uh, a healthy person and uh, a narcissist one? Well, that <laughs> there are. There there's are... a lot, but you know she was specifically talking about because yeah. I clarified this. There, she was specifically talking about the charm and the chemistry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I I get that too because I. Um, you know, now that I have healthy relationships and healthy relationships with men, yeah. and I know very charming men, but they're also emotionally healthy. They're not perfect by any means, but they're not character disordered. And I know the difference, but it took me a long time to yeah. understand the difference. And it was a measure of how emotionally healthy I was. But it's very scary because you meet someone super charming, like they smile and like, ting, the light mm. shines off their teeth. Mm. And you've been completely snowed by one of those people you you're like okay you're automatically wrong because you're charming and that's not fair mm -hmm. yeah well the, i think the the one of the main questions or the things that you you, you might notice in a relationship is is it going too fast and too soon yeah because that's in general one of the traits of the narcissist. They they don't they don't like to wait. They they like to control everything. They like to 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 put on a big show for you. Mm -hmm. So and uh, for sure this this relationship is is not uh, going in that direction. So it's uh, you know they've been kind of uh, seeing each other for three years. Right. And uh, so it's not kind of a, the fast and furious kind of <laughs> a approach to life. Right. Uh, so does, uh, but uh, an, another another thing is, you know, you can have a, a normal person, you know, really wanting you to have a, a good time and uh, throw you a, a big show and stuff like that. But the difference between the narcissist and, you know, a regular person is the narcissist will do it for you. And uh, the other people will do it with you. Mm. Great distinction. The narcissist will do it for you. The other person will do it with you. Because the narcissist is, is the center of the tension, so they will, you know, tell the stories. You know, they will show, you know, how great they are, and they always. Uh, but, you know, having an experience together, it's it's different. Mm. You feel connected. You're not just being dazzled by that person. Right. You you really you really begin to feel a kind of a deep connection. Oh, that's fun. And the other thing is, if they uh, they take you into account, you know, um, do you like this or that, or uh, what's your ideas about going out, or you know, it's not me running the show. Okay, um, 
you're going to like that, and I'm going to take you to this place that is fabulous, and you are just going there for the ride. Or I've had this happen where they do all this stuff because they think they've studied me so well, and so they do all these things to surprise me. Oh, yeah, 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 they can do that. Yeah, and sometimes it's okay, and it can be sweet, um, which now that would never work on me. But younger years, that that certainly did when I was more naive. And and then they weren't were very unhappy with me if I wasn't just over if I wasn't completely ecstatically pleased exactly. over every little thing. <laughs> and what I know from relationships now with people, just even friendships, if somebody does a surprise thing for me and they really have taken the care to surprise me that's very sweet and they don't get upset if i'm like uh i don't know about that they're like oh okay well we'll switch that like it's not ego wounding for me to be like i'm not sure about that where with a narcissist oh my lord you just you know you're ready for armageddon because you said no Uh, another question that uh, i like uh is asking um you know you 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 go out on a date and um, you begin to tell, you know, what you do and, you know, some stories about yourself and stuff like that. Uh, a good question to ask is, uh, in the field in the field of work of that person, you might ask them, okay, um, do you have any kind of, uh, you know, person that you admire that, you know, you think it's, more, I don't know, better, clever, wiser than you, or uh, the narcissists, <laughs> they have a really bad time answering this because they are the top of the pops. Um, right. And there's no one above them. Yeah, although some of them are really good at faking it because they know that people are put off by that behavior. <laughs> oh, you know, and another one that is, is very easy to, you just observe them how to, how they treat other people. Right. And you get really a very interesting kind of a way of, uh, well, not diagnosing, but I need to have some clues about, you know, if they they treat other uh, you know for for instance a waiter they they are really rude and you know but then they they switch to you and they are really nice and you begin to have a kind of a different kind of a almost personality shifting from one person to the other and you begin mm, does this person do this normally um so it's about the the weight they they put on treating people nice or not nice you, you can you can have a kind of a clear picture um of because that thing you are not asking so they they will just um show their normal behavior so, right uh, I, I, and that's very telling that's very telling it is. It is. Another one for me that I've had happen um, with men and women is they will 
they will come into my life because they want something from me. So they want mm-hmm. yep. business from me or they want me to s- help sell their business or they want to get to know people that I know, whatever it is. There's some, you know, I'm just a, a mark. I'm not, you know, Kristen, yep. all of me flaws yep. and all I'm a mark. And they will come in flatter to death um, and also um, find ways to be the authority of me. So start telling me all the things that I'm doing wrong in my career or in whatever. Um, but in the better ones are, you know, more subtle about that. So they're sort of, they're, they're already starting to knock you down a peg um, routine, even though they came to you because they want something from you that they don't have. Yeah. And I always find that's, that fascinating. That's very true. That's very true. Because, uh, um, yeah, and um, the way they, they do that, it's, uh, again, using seduction, uh, control. It's their main weapons. Um, so if you begin to see the person has to have everything under control, mm, that's kind of a, a red flag. You know, they, they, they cannot uh, release control, you know, they have to control everything and stuff like that. So, and the other, uh, another aspect, it's, it's quite, they, they will avoid to show you their vulnerability. They will try everything not to show vulnerability because that's a no, no for them. Vulnerabilities is becoming too too much human and out of control. So they, you know, anxiety rises up, and they they don't stand that. Hmm. So that that's that's kind of a, you know, this is practical stuff that you you know people can right. can, just can do by themselves. You don't need a test, or you know, it kind of a, you just observe the person, or you can ask certain questions and what um, were some of the other questions that were asked um to you i know i know no one likes commercials but seriously folks without the help from these organizations we could not stay on the air please give a shout out to zencharts.com if you're a mental health or addiction treatment center you'll want to use their ehr it's gorgeous and they're just good people and also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, CopeNotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. And, what um, were some of the other questions that were asked um, to you? One was uh, about um, covert narcissism. So um, it's a question asked by Laura. Uh, are covert narcissists capable, capable of any empathy? I was told that narcissists have empathy, but just don't care. 
that that makes sense in my experience. Well, um, this is tricky because um, how can you, uh, you know, prove that one, you know, you have that skill or you have that kind of uh, attitude if they don't show it. It's like I'm um, saying, oh, I'm a really good person, but what I'm, what I do is, uh, you know, it's bad behavior. So one does, you know, you cannot, you know, oh, but in, you know, inside he's good, but he's just pissing everybody's off. <laughs> uh, you, you understand where, where I'm going? So, yeah. um, so it's 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 like. Um, if you don't see it, they don't have it. So <laughs> it's the clearest way I, I can talk about this one. Interesting. But okay. If you don't see it, they don't have. And there, I mean, there are there are ones that I have been around that use their tear crocodile tears yeah. and will share, especially especially in the addiction world. Um, it's it's been really interesting to realize you know, someone who is a recovered or recovering addict mm. who, uh, you know, has been very narcissistic because that's the nature of addiction, but underneath their addiction, they're not personality disordered. And so once they, you know, are walking the path of recovery, that behavior, that, that narcissistic behavior lessens over time as they make their amends to themselves and to others and so on. But then you have the recovering addict who has a personality disorder, and that is a very different. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite different there. And they can be very manipulative because they can talk, you know, wax poetic about so many things that sound like empathy and vulnerability, mm -hmm. but they're not. It's a game to pull you in and have you oh, believe yeah. that they are. Well, that that uh, goes across the border of uh, narcissists. They, it's what they do. They the gaslighting, they try to manipulate to to reach to their ends. Because the only the only game that interested them, it's about control. It's just about control and power. Well, power gives control. Uh, so they're kind of uh, um, attracted to power. So that's but the, the question has another angle also because she's talking about uh, covert narcissists. Uh, covert narcissists uh, are more difficult to spot. Yeah. Because they are not the flamboyant style, you know, um, to um, throw attentions to them. Um, you know, they, they do it in a different way. It's like um, they try to show through their uh, academic qualifications the you know the the position they hold in a in a company, or you know, oh, I'm you know I've been there and in this um, you know in the board of this and that and blah 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 blah. Um, it's like they, it's kind of um, a more subtle kind of manipulation, but it's there. Yeah, and they. Uh, they don't need to say to everybody that they are the best. They they know to themselves that they are the best, so they don't need to kind of uh, discuss that. So it's it's so obvious. True. So true. So um, 
you know, it's kind of, uh, they, they live in a world where everybody is ignorant and stupid, but they are just the, the enlightened ones. Uh, I think too, with covert narcissists, I've found a, a good, not for all of them, but the ones I've been involved with are, you look at the people that are in their lives that they are surrounded by, and many of them are oh, okay. yeah, psychophants. Yeah. You know, they yeah, yeah. are many narcissists themselves. Um, and these are the people that, you know, the nurse, the covert narcissist won't, they don't even really have to say anything. Um, yeah. And though they're, those people will unleash hell on anyone that the, has yeah. not pleased the narcissist, but the narcissist can sit there holding the flamethrower. Exactly. Saying, exactly. Yeah. 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 And that, that's, that's very, very true. That's very much with covert narcissism in terms of the, do they have empathy? I think that they absolutely do. They, but the, you have to remember that the level of empathy they have is related to the degree of narcissism they have, yeah. you know, they yeah. have, and they have, ton, they can have tons of empathy. It's just that who is number one on their empathy roster? You, you know, uh, I have a different <laughs> angle, uh, a, a different perspective on that. It's kind of, um, they can mimic empathy, yeah. but that doesn't, that doesn't mean they feel empathy. Mm. Okay. Okay. They they learn that okay this uh, this card of empathy really works with most people, so I'm going to use it. It's it just a it's just a kind of a angle that they are exploiting. Interesting. Uh, but the thing to 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 feel empathy, you need to feel first, and. Narcissists are very much about um, the big idea. They don't care much about what are the real feelings because they try to avoid the real feelings. That's one of the things. And they construct those big, uh, huge castle, uh, you know, in the sky about their lives. You know, I'm really good. And da, 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 da. Uh, but feeling is not a part of the process. That's the reason they don't like to be vulnerable. Or they don't have empathy for other people. Because hmm, they're so. Because the for for if they have feelings, they would, you know, they would be uh, kind of oh, you know, they would see someone, you know, begging on the street or or suffering, and they would just be compassionate to that person. Right. But they don't. You know, they might see what is this bum doing on the street? You know, there should be some laws to uh, put these people out. Something right. like that. Right. Uh, where there's no feeling about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. it's, just about, it's about control reality. Um, we, we see this kind of behavior very much in, in um, the last days of the, the Third Reich. Where, where you know people were were sent to uh, camps uh, because they they profess or they they had certain behaviors. They were Jews. They were gays. They were gypsies. They were, and they were just doing kind of a. There's no feeling about this. We are just doing science, right? So the cover up is you know the the scientific uh, veil. For people to believe in the, that thing, and the narcissists are, are can be a bit like that. So there's no feeling; we are just doing the the rational thing. 
And um, it's for the good of, uh, they can tell lots of stories about the good of everybody, but uh, it's just, you know, they don't want to fail. Right. Well, what was our, uh, the next question from Pete? The next question, it's a ver another very interesting one. I'm repeating myself. <laughs> uh, it's a two-part question. Um, he, he wrote, uh, I have two questions, please. One, are all codependents narcissists themselves? And the second part is, if so, are they inverted narcissists? Well, um, this, this question is, is yes and no, because, well, if you have um, a codependent person that was uh, raised, well, let's not call it codependent, but a person raised by a narcissist, in general, what happens is that child has two options, either uh, submit that what in general happens most. And so they just go along with the, with the process. You know, we, uh, this is my reality. This is what uh, I've been told. This is what I should do. Or um, they, they rebel, especially this can begin in, uh, in the teen years. You know, you begin more kind of a rebel against uh, family or, you know, uh, society and stuff like that. Uh, but there's not much uh, possibilities of either you submit or you revolt against that. But in either cases, you know, you were exposed to narcissistic behaviors from the time you were born uh, through that uh, parent. So you begin also to adopt certain types of uh, narcissistic behavior, although you are not a narcissist person, okay? Right. I call that so, fleas and I call that fleas and ticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah, you need a good, <laughs> a good spray. Good spray and to be away from them yeah. and to examine your own behavior and go, okay, I don't want to behave like that anymore. Exactly. So if, uh, if the person reaches a point where the person begins to ask questions about themselves, who am I or what am I doing, you know, self-reflection in general, a thing that is very difficult for narcissists to do. <laughs> right. Because, look, they are always right. Why should I self-reflect about myself? It's a waste of time. You understand the, this rationale of a narcissist? So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, self-reflection is bullshit. Right. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's internet radio. You can say, you can say bullshit on here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think that part about, you know, are all codependents narcissists? No, uh, but all narcissists have a degree of codependency. Mm hmm um, you can be a very codependent person. Like I have been a very codependent person. Um, you know, and that's something I've worked on very hard. Um, and I've had narcissistic behavior, but this is very different from having a yeah. personality disorder. Exactly. Yeah. So I can evolve in my behavior. Um, I seek out to, you know, evolve 
out of things and notice, oh, and really that was not good. I don't want to revisit that behavior again. Whereas what I see with with someone with a personality disorder is they can talk, 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 and you just sort of blow you away with just verbal nonsense. Um, but it always you always come back to the same place with them because they don't evolve. They just do not evolve. They stay you know, five years old or however old they got stuck. And that's just the pattern that they repeat over and over and over again in their, in their lives. You, you know why they don't uh, evolve it, as you said? Well, first, they, they don't uh, ask questions about themselves. Right. They, they don't self-reflect. Or they avoid it like, the, you know, the devil from the cross. Uh, the other thing is um, there's a frame of mind that uh, blocks them and the frame of mind is like this so i'm always right i don't do anything wrong so i just move forward <laughs> but if you are uh, a non-narcissist you, you know sometimes you do stupid things you, mm -hmm. you make errors and, <laughs> yeah. but if you reflect on the errors and what you've done wrong you can improve you can move forward in life oh um you know that day i didn't uh did the you know the the omelette was not very good but you know i can you know but because i did that da, 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 and next time i'll do it differently but that doesn't have uh, happen with narcissists they they don't have this kind of a skill to to improve themselves because they they are they are always right and what's interesting too that um that i notice is uh, there you can leave you can go no contact you can go live many many lives have many many different iterations of yourself as you grow and develop in different ways and you know this is this is what typical human evolution is uh, you know you can experience many lives in one lifetime just different versions of yourself that different things you try uh, new friendships uh, ch changes to existing ones all these ways that you grow and if you run into someone who is character disordered that you know maybe there's someone that you know really hurt you in the past if you were to stop and visit them 10 15 even five years mm -hmm. later you it's it it's very difficult initially to run into them because you can it's you remember all the ways that you were sucked into their very small box of a world that was toxic yeah. um but you notice that they have not nothing has changed <laughs> every yeah. kind of awful behavior that went on when you were there is still going on it's like time has ceased for them yeah and the other thing is because they avoid the the, the sensory inputs of feeling mm. uh, they lose another um, input that is very uh, important uh, for self-regulation it's like uh, if, if you feel um, you know uh, uncomfortable about the situation but if you don't pay attention to that uh, you are losing a kind of input that would uh, take you in a different direction oh good point 
Okay. So in, with narcissists, because they, they, the idea of, or the, the big picture is more important, they, most of the time, they overlook uh, what's in their bodies, you know, the, 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 the feelings, and what other people um, create, um, you know, the interaction with other people creates other feelings. And they just try to avoid all that and just put the show on. That's interesting. The part, that piece about, you know, they are running from their emotions. They're looking to constantly offload them onto other people. Oh, yeah. So yeah. other people have to deal with them. Yeah. And I made the perfect codependent because I just, you know, walked around as a waste receptacle for other people's emotions um, while I'm still trying to figure out what the hell mine are as well. But they love to do that. But you're right. You miss out. That's where they're emotionally lazy because you miss out on all the subtleties that come with feeling your feelings, with building those tools that take work that are like an Olympian, you know, learning how to uh, become an Olympian, the everyday practice oh, yeah, 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 of becoming yeah. an Olympian. That's what we do as as people, the everyday practice of feeling your feelings, dealing with that discomfort that everybody yeah. deals with, and then developing tools and skills in order to process your um, you know, your your life as a human being, whereas a narcissist isn't gonna be able to rest there and do that work. They're going to offload it onto other people. Yeah, they, one of the strategies they use most commonly in terms of uh, defense mechanisms is projection. So, um, you know, they are being really rude to someone, uh, but they will tell that person, oh, you're being rude to me. Right, <laughs> right. It, it's, not, it's not them. It's me, so it's the other person. And the other person going to be really kind of a, what just happened? You know, I don't understand. What's... I, I have a perfect example of this. Um, you know, they since they can't handle boundaries, uh, they can't handle no. um, you confronting them about their bad behavior. So um, I had I've had many, many situations where I wanted to rip my hair out uh, because I would, you know, confront someone. Let's say my mother has an example, since I've talked about this with you and say, um, you need to stop just walking into the bathroom when I'm in the bathroom or just walking into my room or, you know, just no boundaries whatsoever. And it would keep happening and happening and happening. And then I would say enough, really, I've said it for months now to stop and you're not hearing me. Yeah. You need to stop. And I got to the point where I was very firm about that. And yeah. the moment that I became very firm about it, it was turned around to, oh, you're being abusive to me. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. are abusing me. And I was like, oh, are you kidding? What on earth are you talking about? Because I tell you no, and I say it now forcefully because you haven't listened for three months that I've been saying it nicely. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's uh, that flipping the switch on you. And do you think, Jamie, that they really that they really, I think that some of them really believe themselves, that they now believe that you're being abusive. Now, the, the, the question is, what's beneath, beneath the, the rationale of that? Because what it triggers on them, it's, um, it's anxiety. 
and they just want to shake off the anxiety. Ah, so they do that by so there's no uh, there's no depth to what they're saying because no, I, no, no. It's uh, so if just I want reacting to like a child, like exactly. Just, ah, no, 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 exactly, okay. exactly. So does so, it move into psycho psychopathy when they do know what they're doing and they are actively trying to mess with you? Oh, that's different. That's more kind of a psychopathic uh, okay. kind of a lying. Uh, narcissists, it, it's mainly about, uh, you know, taking that uh, anxiety off them. Interesting. And lower the anxiety. So one of the best ways of doing it, uh, um, you know, because they are always right. So if they are feeling uncomfortable and anxiety, it's your fault. Mm. So I do you know the cartoon Baby Huey? Baby, yeah, yep. <laughs> so I always think of that, and I think it's funny how, you know, in different countries um, out there, like in London, they had a big blow up of Baby Huey, and it was obviously a, you know, a, a copy, or they were trying to make fun of, uh, or they were making fun of the current president of the United States. And mm -hmm. I thought, um, I've thought that many times, that Baby Huey behavior, just a, a giant, a grown up, so a, a grown up's body and a giant out of control baby is running the show. Yep. No, but it's it's a good image. Yeah. Because in, in general, what what happens is, uh, yeah, the narcissist stayed in that kind of emotional age when they were really um, knocked off their feet. Right. Right. So, so they're arrested, and I know we're wrapping up, but they they have arrested development. Yep. Um, which can be from all kinds of different reasons why it would be there and the where it takes you into i think what we do as people who are rational and are not character disordered a we assign all of our good empathetic qualities onto other people um, which uh, we, we aren't good boundaries about our thoughts and our feelings so we just randomly mm. assign that those good qualities on other people without um you know, letting that person be who they really are and, and show themselves to you. And then we also can't believe, that's why there's that obsessive part of um, when you're in recovery from this kind of abuse, you just can't believe that someone behaves this way. And so you yeah. keep trying to find the reason why exactly. and you're never going to get there because you no. don't have the brain of a personality disordered uh, in that particular way, a character disordered person. So you're never going to be able to figure it out. And it's usually, unless they're a psychopath, it's usually not as uh, advanced as you're making it out to be because they're just baby Huey. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're making a point that is, it's it's very important because they, you know, uh, I, I need to speak this uh, about the narcissist because in a way it's, um, they are stuck. Yes. They are stuck in, in that uh, age. It's like they, they, they can't move. Um, they will repeat the same errors and errors uh, throughout life. They will not change. And um, it's sad. You know, I'm, I'm, it's, uh, but what I'm doing now is I'm having compassion for them. Which is a thing that, that they cannot have for themselves or for others. 
you know it's it's like i can, it's like a person it's a kind of uh, uh you have an handicap and you cannot force that person to perform certain tasks because that person has a, ha a handicap right it it's the same with the narcissist so if you are trying to make sense of what they've done why did they show um compassion or care or you are just putting us you know you are comparing them to yourself because you have those characteristics so and you think everybody has those characteristics but that's not the truth right people are different and some you know um they don't have those humane characteristics that we are feels you know uh it creates our humanity like compassion absolutely or, or, or caring um it, they are devoid of of it so in a way you know blaming the narcissists for not having that it's can it's uh oxymoron so it's they don't have it so they cannot show it so it's it's a kind of uh right in, 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 it's uh i hope one day um you know um psychotherapy evolved i know th there are people taking care of uh, narcissists it's really really difficult uh the the, su the success of therapy with narcissists is very low yeah uh, unfortunately for for them and for the people that uh you know live with them and you know interact with them um there's some recent studies uh, done by uh, and uh, recent research done by maps maps.org about using mdma mm -hmm. uh, in treatment with um, uh, narcissists because mdma creates a kind of uh, um, emotional uh, reverberation you know you, you begin to get more in in contact uh, with your feelings okay Okay, and so a kind uh, a mixed therapy between MDA and normal talk therapy could be really interesting because you know you might help uh, narcissists to begin to open up to trust also, and begin to expose themselves and begin to you know feel de develop uh, you know their ability to to self um, observe themselves you know. Mm -hmm. That will take years of <laughs> those will be interesting studies to see how those you know how those well, turn it's, out. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's just started. It's it's a new avenue to explore. Perhaps mm. uh, in this case, uh, in this kind of situations, would be amazing for the the whole narcissists uh, population that we have in this world so um, absolutely the only issue is most of them won't show up and, and do it <laughs> because they don't have a problem <laughs> yeah well sometimes uh like one once happened to me it was uh, he came he sat down said look at me and said you need to to teach me how to better control people because they are a pain in the ass in my life right so he runs on control, but he came to me to be more efficient on control. And uh, and the thing is, it was not about him; it was about the others. So 
Right. So how did that turn out? Yeah, uh, not good. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think we've answered um, the questions that were sent in to us. So listeners, I hope you, you know, I hope you, you know, got some information out of that that can help you. And uh, we're certainly, you know, open to doing another show if this particular one prompted more questions from you. So um, Jamie, please tell our listeners where they can find out more information about you and what you do. Okay. I'm a a psychologist, psychotherapist. I do online uh, sessions. And uh, my website is uh, jamiegrace.org, is uh, J-A-I-M-E, and then grace, G-R-A-C-E, dot org. And how many, uh, lang- how many languages do you speak? Well, uh, my uh, mother language is, is Portuguese, and uh, I, sp- I speak uh, French also. And then obviously uh, English. <laughs> Uh, English. I studied German, but I cannot, uh, I forgot most part of it. Gotcha. Uh, no, uh, but I, I understand uh, Spanish. Uh, I cannot talk fluently, but uh, I understand everything. So, so. Okay. Fantastic. Well, thank you again for coming on and um, we'll look forward to, you know, well, actually, we'll look forward to when your book comes out, which sometime next year, your book about yep. uh, the narcissistic mother relationship. You know, I'll be reading that the minute it hits. Yeah. <laughs> so Rest thank you. <laughs> thank you again for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for another episode of Mental Health News Radio. Without good intentions, I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be Hi, this is Dr. Paul Meyer, founder of the National Chain of Meyer Clinics. I've often told you about how people just like you are getting the healing that they need from emotional issues like depression, anxiety, anger problems, and relational problems. We wanted to share with you Mickey's experience at our day program and how it has affected his life. The Meyer Clinics has been a real blessing to me. Dr. Meyer told me that people get well here and my life has been completely changed. I have been symptom-free for three years, and I'd recommend it to anybody that really wants to overcome an emotional problem of any kind. Mickey's story is like so many others that we receive. It's an encouragement to us, and we hope it will also be an encouragement to you to call us to get the emotional help that you've needed. Please call toll-free 888-7-CLINIC to be connected to the Meyer Clinic program nearest you. That's 1-888-7-CLINIC or go to MeyerClinics.com. That's www.meierclinics.com.